Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Welcome today. Sometimes it's God who strips things away. I want to read you a story from the Bible, true story, and it's about a young guy. And he was rich, he was powerful, he had position, he had social standing, he was a celebrity, and he had religion. And so he had, I bet he had a full head of hair as well. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> I'm 59, you know, I'm losing my teeth, losing my hair. In fact, there's more of my body getting to heaven before I do. But here we go. This rich young ruler, this is what the Bible says. The Gospels tell us. Luke, Luke chapter uh, chapter 18, verse 19. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. Notice Jesus doesn't just uh, answer him. He asks him a question. Why do you call me good? Only God's good. No one is good except God alone, Jesus said. And he's trying to get the rich young ruler to watch his words. He's saying, you call me good. Have you recognised who I am? And that's what Jesus was trying to do wherever he was. He wanted them to know that his very nature was God. Good teacher. Nice compliment. Jesus doesn't take the compliment. He goes right to the heart because this man is troubled in his heart. And Jesus is trying to help him. He's trying to guide him to a relationship with him. He's trying to guide him out of uh, the uh, the ache and emptiness in his heart. Because he's got everything, but there's still something missing. Do you ever feel like that? You think, I've I've got what I wanted. Now do I want what I've got? And it's tough. I only have to mention marriage. And I love being married. Shelley loves being married. She told me. So, you know, it's what, but when you first get married, you, you've got what you want. And after a few months, it's like, now do I want what I've got? Because I'm irritated. And apparently Shelley's been irritated with me once or twice as well. And so, you know, there's, there's always something missing. And Jesus is trying to guide this guy because Jesus knows what the missing piece is. It's him. Jesus said, if you've got me, you've got life. If you don't have me, you don't have life. You have never, ever heard a teacher like him. We're all self-effacing. It's like, it's not about me. Read the book, read the manual. Jesus said, look at me. If you've got me. He's self-advancing. If you've got me, you've got eternal life. Have you? Have you got him today? Because if you have, you'll know what I'm talking about. But anyway, this rich young ruler is looking for eternal life. There is something missing. No one is good except God alone. And then Jesus continues, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not lie. Honour your father and mother. The reply comes, all these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have 
give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad. Not just sad, very sad. Because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with men is possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left all we had to give you, uh, to, to follow you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. No one who has left home or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive more, many times more, in this, in this age and in the age to come, eternal life. And we forget that last bit. Many theologians want to, and scholars want to, to tell you um, about Jesus telling the rich man to get rid of all his money. And, uh, and he said, you see, because you can't enter the kingdom if you're rich. And that's a misunderstanding. Jesus wants to prosper you. That's why he said, no matter what you've given up, you'll not fail to receive in this life so much more. And then eternal life to come. So you can have it all. And you can have it now and then. I used to preach for years. You may not get it now, but you will get it then. And I thought, I've since revised everything as I've, as I've looked at my practice, looked at my preaching, analysed things and said, am I on the right tracks? I've, I've realised so often I've had a religious lens as I'm reading the Bible. I've took that lens away and I've started to read it and the Bible comes alive. It's so fantastic. But you know, the disciples weren't poor. And that's why Peter's saying, Lord, we've given everything, you know, like, are we going to miss out? Like, because we're rich. You're saying, you know, it's difficult for the rich to enter the kingdom. And Jesus saying, don't worry. Don't worry. And whatever you've, whatever you've given, you know, you'll, you'll not fail to receive even more in this life. And uh, I, want to, I want you to know that heaven has come to earth in Jesus. And we can have a piece of heaven now. We don't get the whole thing, but God wants to work through us. And he wants to bring what we call blessings in our life. The blessing is the power to prosper. Don't you want that for your life? Don't you want that for your children and your grandchildren? The power to prosper. And it's an invisible blessing. We've reduced bless you to a sneeze and a comment. When bless you is meant to be, God wants to empower you. Back to this rich young ruler. He's rich. He's got social standing. He's got power. And, but there's something missing and he comes to the right person. He comes to Jesus and, and he calls him a good teacher. Why do you call him a good? Only God is good. The man is full of what he's done. I've kept all the commandments that you mentioned, Jesus. I've, yeah, I've done it. I've done it. Got, 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 got. He's got a big life. He's doing it right. Everyone's applauding him in life except Jesus. And Jesus is not, not applauding him because he's, he, he's, he's against him. Jesus is, is like looking and saying, I know what's, what's missing here. He said, one thing you lack, go sell all you've got 
and give to the poor. He doesn't say give it all to the poor. He just said, sell all you've got. So I'm going to break its grip on you. It's one thing to have stuff in life, like a car, good car, good house, good holiday home, good whatever. It's one thing for you to have stuff. It's another thing for stuff to have you. And so Jesus is teaching us today through it, through this, this story, how he will deal with things that have got you. He says, go and give it. Oh no, that's my life. That's who I am. That's No, it's not. Yeah, but if all that goes, who am I? Well, you're not your stuff. And you're not your performance as a human being neither. And, you know, not to all the people in, in what we call full-time Christian work, if you're a paid employee of your church or whatever. And, and you know, it's like, I've got, to, I've got to use my gift in order to function. It's like, no. I have loads of preachers in my church who never get anywhere near a pulpit. And I say, go and preach to the world. Go and, get, go and, go and spread the gospel. Make your own platform. You know, but some people, if you take that platform away, they are nothing. And I want to say, the sooner that platform gets taken away, the sooner you find who you really are. And uh, this guy was frightened of being small. He built his life up to be big. And now God strips it away. God was in Christ, the Bible says, reconciling the world to himself. And this is how God's doing it. Watch what he does. He says to the man, go sell all you've got. Let's break the power of stuff on your life and give. Join, join with me in the Genesis mandate that you receive goodness from God and then you give it. And then you receive more goodness and you give it. It's a creation ordinance. It's something that's built in. There's nothing worse than receiving from God and then keeping hold of it. Because God stop, stops the flow because you've blocked the flow. And it's a bit like, you know, the River Jordan... You could, uh, you know, just kept going and going and going. But the problem is, it went into the Red Sea. And for the Red Sea, there was no outlet. It's just full of salt. And so, you know, you, you, you try, you, you go to the Red Sea, it's an infertile place because there is no outlet. It just receives water but doesn't give it. And you and I could become like the Red Sea. That, you, you know, we're on receive but no given. Jesus is just unblocking this man because it's like there is more. The guy had figured life out his way, but there were a piece of wisdom that was missing. I love what it says in Mark's gospel. It says, Jesus looked at the man and loved him. It's the only gospel where it says he loved him. And I want you to know Jesus didn't despise this man for having money because the church for centuries has despised rich people unless it were them. And, uh, and and so there's been a backlash and everybody wants to be poor. We've all become socialists and stuff. You're like, you cannot give it unless you can get it. And I want to, to create a church that knows how to get it and how to enjoy it and how to pass, on, pass it on and, and to go and receive more and pass it on so that we're conduits of goodness, not just financial things and stuff, but peace kindness, gentleness, understanding, where people say you guys are different and it's the God difference that they're attracted to. Anyway, got to get a wriggle on. This rich young ruler came to Jesus as he was and Jesus brings him to the point of where he needs to be. One thing you like, if you'll do this, you will have your best life now. <laughs>
<laughs> you'll have a great life and eternal life because that's what you're looking for. And the guy turns away and he walks away and he's very sad because he was very wealthy. And wealth had him and it's so sad when that happens, when anything's got you. Jesus wants to liberate him. Why? Because you're more important than stuff. And we don't think we are. We will work a gazillion hours every week in order to, to just uh, get stuff and buy this and buy that. You know, some people work hard all their life to retire so they can pay the mortgage off. That's the, that's the vision in life. When they've paid the mortgage off, it's like, ah, oh, can relax. And they haven't enjoyed life. They've, uh, you know, and so many people who chase money in particular, um, you know, they gain ulcers, they gain, you know, they've, they've got their health's broken and they spend all the wealth at the end of their life <laughs> trying to mend what's gone on throughout their life because they have not looked after themselves. And I want to say you uh, are, are valuable. And when God begins to strip things away, it's because it's for your good. I can remember God stripping things away out of my life. And it wasn't finances, there weren't much there. <laughs> but things out of my personality, where I thought that makes me funny. That makes me, that makes people like me. And um, what I base my life on, you know, people liking me. And uh, being a celebrity in my, in my sphere uh, of friendship. And wanting to be top dog, wanting to be the funny man, the party man and uh, big life oh Dave's here now now the party begins and when I give my life to Jesus believe me within 24 hours all was stripped away <laughs> because I told my friends that I've become a Christian they laughed they mocked but it went worse than that because I began to change seriously and I changed for the good but this world doesn't like good so often they want to pull it down, they want to tear it down. And they celebrate bad. They don't like honour, they celebrate dishonour. And so when you begin to put your life right, other people that used to be your friend, they'll turn around and you're like, well, you just think you're better than us. Thinking, no, no, no. I was dying inside to be the other Dave. I was on performance mode. Now I can just be myself. And God begins to strip things away, even habits, you know, drunkenness and stuff. It, it just seems stupid to me now to be drunk. It's like, because you can get into, you do get into all sorts of scrapes. Sometimes I used to wake up and not even know where I was. I'd open the curtains in somebody's bedroom and I'd be like, where am I? And didn't even know where I was, so drunk. And like now you're thinking, that, that is madness. But to me and to many people in this generation now, you know, they're all like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, let's go and party on. Think about it. Because it can look boring, but you cannot build your life on pleasure and stuff. You can only build it on wisdom and, uh, and good practice and good principles. And you can do that without Jesus. You can just steal his, his principles and you'll have a great life. But you won't have eternal life. The principles of Jesus give you success in life. The person of Jesus gives you success in life and eternal life. Jesus said, whoever's left mother, brother, sister, you know, whatever, for the sake of the kingdom will not fail to receive much more in this life. Success in this life.
and eternal life to come. And so God, Jesus stripped everything away from this man. And this man said, that's what I want. But you know what? He wanted his old life more than his new life. Who am I speaking to this morning? You keep looking back. You're like Lot's wife. Keep looking back to what you had. And you're thinking, oh, I've been a Christian now for three years. It's, it, it's all about me changing. I think I'm going to go back. It was so much easier. You try and go back. You'll find it's empty. Vanity. Vanity means emptiness. There's an old hymn that says, all the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. All the empty things that charm me most, I give them up. And I'm calling you as a church and friends of global, I'm calling you to come up on high. Let's, let's leave the past behind. Let God strip away the stuff that you thought was wonderful because he's got wonderful ahead. He's got wonder for your life. And there's more. I want to be like that, that Irish comedian. And there's more. And there is more. I want to tell you, I've been. Let me be Martin Luther King now. I've been. I've seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. I've seen the promised land. I've been. And I'm finding even more things. So as I've, I've tasted stuff, I'm coming back to you and saying, come on, let it go. Let, let, let God strip things away. Take on board the new things. In Isaiah chapter, he says, Behold, I do a new thing. Don't you perceive it? Even though now it springs up. God wants to do new things in our hearts and in our lives, transforming us, transforming our thinking. I was talking to a businessman this morning and I, and I was talking about going higher in business and trusting God in business, trusting God to provide for you in business. And provision in business needs to be an awful lot bigger than just in your, your, your nuclear family. Your, your risks are far greater. And I'm saying, but God is El Shaddai, which means uh, the God of more than enough. He's not El Chipo. Like I was saying last week, I've been looking for El Chapo. <laughs> God strips things away because he's got better for us. There are Klingons on our lives that we absolutely adore and worship. And God goes, Really? He's got so much more for us. I've got to get a wriggle on because this man walked away from Jesus. And you know what? Jesus didn't go after him. Many church leaders go, oh, did I? was it something I said? Was it Jesus letting go? And you know, people will come to church and people will promise you this, that and the other. The moment you say something that touches a nerve and they leave. And yet if you're not careful, I'm speaking to my leaders as well. If you're not careful, they will, they will run you a merry dance. And you're like, nah. I like the emphasis in the New Testament for church. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves. They didn't have the pastor or the church leaders, the cheerleader who come on, come on, come on, come on. Every day, you know, putting them to bed at night with a cocoa. Got to be careful with that in the present climate. But you know what I'm saying? It came from within. Because they had a relationship directly with Jesus in heaven through the Holy Spirit. Every believer needs to be filled with the Spirit every single day. Anyway, he walked away. And as far as we know, the rich young ruler missed it. But Jesus strips away another guy. He strips the, the things that he thought were great. Just the very presence of Jesus strips things away. It's very powerful. Jesus is and his presence is. There's a guy 
and uh, it's actually in the next chapter. So it's like the writer, Matthew, uh, Luke, is actually contrasting two rich men. The rich young ruler, now we come, it was, it was almost like the debutant. Is that, is that a word? Like the kind of uh, everyone's favourite guy. And then you've got the opposite. Everyone's not favourite guy, unfavourite guy. I'm trying to make my own English words up here. And here it goes. Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. Top. Top of his uh, business world. And was wealthy. In other translations it says very wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But being short, being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see Jesus, since Jesus was coming that way. This morning, Jesus is coming your way and he comes through the preachers so often. He comes through the word being read or spoken or preached about, taught. So, you know, let God speak to you through his word today. When Jesus reached the spot, I love that, because Jesus reaches the spot. He is fantastic. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. There's an immediacy about Jesus. Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look Lord, you can tell he's from the north, can't you? Look Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone, he's a tax collector, if I've cheated anyone, goodness me, that's an understatement. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back Four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham, or a son of the blessing. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. This is fantastic. What a contrast. This man is an outcast. He's a social outcast. People hate him. Think of your local drug dealer, not, not just the, the, the one that makes a few quid, a few pounds here and there. Talk, I'm talking about the Mr. Big in your city or in your town. And people's lives are damaged because of them. They are powerful, they are rich, and they have got money by unscrupulous means, bad means, illegal means, immoral means. That is Zacchaeus. And Jesus looked at the equivalent of a drug dealer, the Mr. Big in the city, that's hurting everybody in the city. People died because of these men and women. Zacchaeus, people died of poverty because he impoverished them by charging them too much tax and working for the Romans, working for the enemy. Honestly, the parallels are incredible. And Jesus looked at him and said, I must come to your house today. Why? Because Jesus looks for influences. You've got a big influence, he says, I'll use your influence. I can use you. But you know what? Some things need stripping away. And Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house. Jesus is a preacher and a teacher. And Jesus said nothing. 
and it was Zacchaeus that did all the talking. And Zacchaeus got up, look, Lord, here and now. Something had gone on in his heart. So he'd been hearing the stories of Jesus and he's thinking, I've got everything I wanted, but I'm not happy. Same story as the rich young ruler, really. Can this Jesus do anything for me? So Jesus comes to him and that's what I love. But Zacchaeus, out of curiosity, had found a way to like, how do I get to know him? And maybe today you've got on Zoom, not Zoom, whatever it is that you've got on today, you've got on YouTube. There we go. Have you subscribed yet? Um, you know, you've come on to hear God's word and you've said, you know, the whole world's talking about this Dave Shore. What an amazing preacher he is, an amazing guy and, and all that. Oh, please, not too much. And you've said, oh, we've got to hear him. <laughs> and, and, and so you, you, you come, what is this global church? Who are they? We see him having a great time. We see him partying. We see him in business. We see the families, you know, getting it all together. You're like, who is global? And maybe you've come on today. Just like Zacchaeus, he climbed a tree because he knew Jesus. it was going to be about Jesus. Today, you've connected with us because you know it's going to be about Jesus. And it is. And Jesus just listened to Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, he said, if I've defrauded anybody, I'll pay back four times. We don't get that because we're not Jewish. But if you were Jewish, you would get it because the law of Moses said, if you've stolen from anybody, you have to put it right by giving them four times back. This is a wealthy tax collector who loves money, just like the rich young ruler. He absolutely loves money. And now he's talking about paying back four times as much to people that he's defrauding. Jesus knows something's gone on in this man's heart. And he said, today salvation has visited this house, this home. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. People saw him as an outcast, you know, not worthy to be part of the nation of Israel with its promises and its commandments and stuff. And Jesus pulls the outcast right in and uses him as a shining example of what it is to believe in Jesus. He uses this outcast to say, you want to have faith? You want to have salvation in your life? Eternal life that starts here and now with the power of God's blessing on your life to prosper your life and, 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 and for you to, to have a great life here as well as eternal life. You want that? That's what God offers. He offered it only to the Jews at one stage. Now it's gone to the whole world. And he says, you want it? Become like Zacchaeus. And everyone's like going, he's a sin. I don't get it. Because they don't get the power of forgiveness. They don't get, get the power of the Holy Spirit working on a man's heart to soften it when it's become really hard and cruel and now Zacchaeus is in right standing with Jesus therefore he's in right standing with God and Jesus proclaims it over him and he says salvation has come to this house today because the son of man has come to seek and to save that which he's lost and you know something Zacchaeus he, he, met a, he got himself a big life because of his his, his uh, the way that he was stealing off people and and uh, he wanted he wanted to be respected he wanted he wanted to be feared he didn't want to be loved the rich young ruler loved money he looked a lot better than Zacchaeus Zacchaeus was a little man trying to be a big man he soon found out in the presence of Jesus small but valuable 
and I don't know how you've come into this world. You know, Zacchaeus was physically small and uh, I'm sure he thought, I wish I were at least two foot bigger. I wish I could look, you, you know, we never satisfy with ourselves, are we? But I want to say this, no matter how we've come into this world, whether you're small, tall, short, or whether there's things that are wrong with you in terms of physical ailments or mental ailments, I want to say there is nothing perfect in this life. Sin has damaged the whole thing, you know, the whole creation, and that includes us. And so it's not what you look like that matters at this point. It certainly doesn't matter to God in, in eternity. What matters is the person on the inside. What are you like? When God begins to strip away things, you will become a greater person. You are valuable as you are. We put so much store on the body. And I don't want to ignore the body. You should look after it. Whatever it is that you've been given, look after it. Um, you know, help it to function well. But, you know, people get stuck on, well, why? You know, if there is a God of love, why am I like I am? And you're like, that's the wrong question. He is a God of love. And, you know, something. everything's imperfect in this world. How do I get my best life now? Mourning about my life isn't going to get anywhere. But if I can commit my life to Jesus Christ, what can he do with this small life? What can he do with this life that's insignificant to everybody else? Well, first of all, you need to know you're valuable as you are. You're made in God's image. That means you have a mind, emotions and a will. And we are different from the animal kingdom. And, you know, we don't have necessarily the greatest body or what that we would like as we compare ourselves to others. But being made in God's image means we can choose and we can create a future. He helps us to do that, but we can create a future and a destiny. And today I want you to, to create an eternal destiny, never mind just the future in this life. It's that and more. By giving your life to Jesus Christ. Every week we give people an opportunity to, uh, to surrender their lives to Jesus and to begin to follow him. And, you know, we've got to let Jesus strip things away in order to plant, uh, you know, the potential that he's already put in us. And he also gives us other gifts as well, which is an amazing thing. There's always more with God. But when you're going through the process, you can feel that my life shrinking but it's only getting ready to grow again. It's a setback that God's involved in and it's ready to set you up. And it feels like a setback, but it's God setting you up for a greater success. Fix your mind on things above, not things below, the Bible says. Things that are eternal, not things that are just passing. And we've got to look at that and just say, some things are more important and more valuable than others. And I don't want to just, you know, wipe away this world and just say this world doesn't matter. It does matter. Um, but in the greater scheme of things, eternal life is the one thing that we need. And then we work our life out from there. So if you want to say the, uh, this prayer after me and commit your life to Jesus, uh, you just bow your head now and we can say this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you that when you came, you spoke into men's hearts and women's hearts and you redirected them. You forgave the sins and set them free from the past and all the package that they were brought, that they were born into. You set them free and give them a future. And Lord, 
when you strip away, it's always at the right points for the right purpose. And I ask that today you will fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive me my sins and give me the power to follow you every single day. Amen. If you said that prayer, please get in touch. And uh, for other guys, you know, church planting, uh, if you want to be involved in, in church planting right around this world, uh, in your city, get in touch with us and, uh, you know, we'll connect because we want to spread this amazing gospel. And it's not just about what happens when you die, after you die. It's what happens before life. All men die, but not all men live. And we want you to have eternal life and life in all its fullness now. So I'm signing off. I could start again. But uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Tell your friends about us and let's, you know, let's get people hearing this good news. And we'll see you soon. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 